Hello, and welcome to the Meta Woman podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay the Boss Poss. Together, we're going to have conversations about what it's like to be a woman in the gaming industry, how we can better support people in the gaming industry, and what we can do to build a better environment for all. To our returning listeners, thank you so much for supporting the show. And for our new listeners, I hope you enjoy this episode. Speaking of, I'm so excited to introduce our multiple guests this week, two amazing women from Dignitas. Dignitas is an international esports team with one of the most iconic and recognizable brands in the professional gaming industry. It fields teams in many of esports' largest and most popular games. Dignitas's innovative and authentic brand position offers a premier opportunity for partners seeking a direct portal into the gaming and esports market. Today, we have Heather Garazzo, VP of Talent, and Meredith Weber, digital producer. The team is currently working on Radiant.gg, which everyone should go check it out. This is an organization aimed at providing women with educational, social, and competitive resources to become top gaming influencers. Heather and Meredith, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having us. <gasps> yeah, excited thanks to be for here. having us. <laughs> uh, to start, if you guys could introduce yourselves with a couple sentences of your background to our audience. Mary, you can start. I can start. Uh, yeah, so my name is Meredith Weber. Um, I started with Radiant about a month and a half ago. Um, I've known Heather for a while, but we got our the start of our relationship kicked off when I was working at Spectacore Gaming for the Philadelphia Fusion and T1 back in 2018. Um, I was launching another women's uh, initiative. It was called FTW for the Women, and um, it was kind of just a place for like mostly like LA-based women to like network it within the esports space and it kind of like kicked off a little faster than I anticipated and we started doing tournaments and we actually had Heather uh, be a part of our first Valorant tournament that we were able, ever able to do it was called the FTW Summer Showdown so that's where I got to meet Heather and all the Valorant Dignitas girls and it was amazing to work with her back then and then this past summer um, I saw that Heather was working on but I wasn't really sure what it was but it was like working on some cool like women in gaming project and we're actually going to be hiring full-time employees to be working on strictly women in gaming and I was like oh my god like you're actually like paying someone full-time to like do strictly women in gaming stuff like that's insane I've never heard of this before like I want to do it so I reconnected with her this past summer and it's been love that for you guys ever <laughs> since and we uh <laughs> got to work together I've been it's ama- it's been amazing I've it's been it's been it's been paradise um but yeah I've only been working at Radiant Dignitas for the past month and a half and in that month and a half kind of hit the ground running with Heather and Jen and everyone and got to launch Radiant and we're just getting started so I love you, Heather. Love you too, Mayor. <laughs> All right. I'm uh, Heather Garosa. I guess uh, many people know me as Sapphire as well. Um, I work w- with Dignitas now for four years now through many different roles around community events, talent, marketing. Um, I'm a longtime professional player. Uh, I actually started playing Counter-Strike in 1999, uh, back when I was that <laughs> awkward only woman in the room. And there goes my mic. Um, <laughs> and uh, I've been, yeah, uh, just um, absolutely in love with esports, and just wanted to do everything I could to be involved in it over the years. So played competitively, won a, a women's world championship, um, inducted the first woman inducted into the esports Hall of Fame, and then also inducted into the Women in Games Hall of Fame, which is pretty cool. Um, and let's see i also uh, do what's called observing so essentially like an in-game director for a lot of big events so um various counter-strike majors 
Valorant Masters, upcoming Valorant Champions tournament. And it's a lot of fun to be able to travel the world and help produce these events and, and take all that that I, I learned through all these events and competing um, and working in marketing and uh, hopefully build something really special with Radiant. Well, okay. So just as a quick aside, what did you think of some of the rules that were just released for CSGO about no high-fiving? <laughs> no, oh, that was ridiculous. Oh, I couldn't oh, believe I'm glad we're all on the same because, page. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, the obviously the concern is the coaches can do some signals by like one high-five means one thing and two high-fives means the team's going A or B, but you know, the crowd could do the same thing. Like they could put people in the crowd and hold up signs that say like, you know, go team go. And that means they're going, Hey, I don't know. You know, there's, yeah. there's no way to police it. So you're taking a lot of fun out of it. Uh, yeah, that was disappointing. <laughs> Wondering how popular the air high fives are going to become. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I guess for. so. Yeah. Just yeah. really close, but not quite. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But anyways, okay, so that's this is great background, especially since I know you guys have launched a big project, which is we've been talking about a little bit, and we're definitely going to dive into what Radiant.gg is all about and some of the tools you've developed for women in the gaming industry. But just to set the scene, uh, some of what you're talking about and some of what you've experienced, Heather, um, the data kind of totally backs up everything you've been saying about being the only woman in the room. <laughs> And that goes for influencers as well. Uh, thanks to the Twitch hack, we now know that the top, that 3% of the top earners on Twitch are women. The highest ranked earner, Pokimane, comes in in 39th place and is the only woman in the top 50. Ah, no, that's not true. Amaranth was number 48. So <laughs> there's two women just barely in the top 50 there. Um, and in the professional playing scene, even though 46% of women in the United States are gamers, only 30% of women actually compete. Uh, in a study done by Cheddar Esports in 2019, 62% of women esports fans did not think that esports brands market to them. So obviously a lot of that has changed. And even some of that data just from 2019, I know we've seen a, a lot of different shifts in 2020. Um, but I would love for you to share with the audience what you just launched with Radiant.gg and its online gaming hub um, and kind of the backstory of that, the tools you're developing and what some of your goals are. Okay. So we want to hear the pitch. Sure. So um, the backstory actually comes from a lot of those stats and that the women uh, at, at, back in my day, the women didn't really exist. So that that has changed. The, the women exist in the space as in they are fans of esports. Uh, they play the games, um, but they're obviously not in the top earning uh, creators, players. They're not in the top teams. Um, they're not the most watched content. And um, and that's it's, it really comes down to a numbers game because only a small percentage of those women that um, exist in the space actually um, take that step further to compete, to create content because it's very intimidating. Um, you know, we as gamers know that when you jump into a game, uh, unfortunately, we're called every name in the book sometimes I will never ever repeat some of the things that I'm uh told and it can be hard to to be able to take that first step I was lucky to have um a lot of like great male role models like including my brother like growing up and to have people to play with so I didn't feel like all alone but that's not the case for a lot of the women so it, it it's very difficult to take that next step into working in the space creating content because it's you don't see a lot of those role models, uh, even though 
a handful of them exist. So uh, we are creating Radiant to put a spotlight on those women that do exist. And, and hopefully people will be inspired to jump into the scene and be more engaged. Um, so we're creating a bunch of educational resources, all the possible things you could need to compete, create content, work in esports. Um, we're highlighting all of the teams. So we've got a rosters page. Here's all the teams that compete, and there's hundreds of them. Um, and that's unfortunately doesn't exist anywhere else, which is which is wild. Um, so <laughs> we're creating that. Um and we want to use all this content to hopefully get more people to want to participate in the space. Amir, if you have anything else to add? No, you kind of really hit it, hit the nail on the head. Um, I would just add like, just to kind of emphasize what Heather's already said is that like, we're really trying to create like a platform for anyone that's interested in any aspect of esports and gaming, um, which I think is extremely unique, especially like on the grand scale of what we're trying to do. Um, so it's like, whether you're an, whether you're brand new to esports and you want to work in marketing or if you want to become a content creator for CSGO or you want to be like the next Fortnite pro, like it's just any level that you're coming in at and whatever you're actually interested in doing, like we want to create the resources for you to be a part of this overall radiant community. I'll add uh, one more thing that came to mind too. So obviously we, we work with Dignitas, the esports organization, um, but this is, we like to call it like team agnostic. Um, so while you'll see a lot of like the Dignitas women, uh, whether pro players or creators are helping to create a lot of this content, um, this is really about and for everyone. Um, a lot of different teams have their own women's initiatives and that's great. Like that never existed years ago. And I'm so grateful for all these organizations doing that. Um, but I think because esports is so competitive, you kind of naturally like gravitate towards the the women's initiative that you're a fan of their esports teams. Um, and we didn't necessarily want that to have to be the case to be able to engage with our content. Like you don't have to be a fan of Dignitas. In fact, you can, you know, Dignitas could be a rival, uh, you know, of, of your favorite team, but uh, the content is meant to be for, for everyone and about everyone. So while we have a Dignitas uh, women's Valorant team, um, we're going to be talking about, uh, CLG Red and Cloud9 White and TSM and Xset and uh, the list goes on and on of all those wonderful uh, women's teams uh, in Valorant and beyond. Well, I love to hear that just on a previous conversation with some of the women at Dignitas. One of the things that we talked about was that competition at this point between women's organizations does not really serve a, a greater purpose in that collaboration is so much more important in maintaining an open environment and sharing resources and being transparent. Uh, there's plenty of things for women to fight against. Each other is not one that I, I am particularly a fan of. So I like the idea that this is kind of an open platform and open marketplace for, uh, for everyone at every level. And as someone who is an avid mobile gamer and who is not, this is like the, the biggest open secret on um, the live stream that I do as a sort of gaming industry pundit is that 
I am definitely not someone who's a hardcore gamer. And so I would love to hear more about some of the resources that you have available for people who are maybe just getting into the industry, who have, you know, played a lot of games over lockdown or been in a, a relationship or a friendship with someone who's played a lot of games and been able to interact that way. What do you offer for people who are kind of just getting started or just getting comfortable in the games scene? That's a great question. So um, some of my favorite content is we've uh, created all these different guides of how to to mute and block and report people in like every possible game you could think of. Um, I want that for like real life too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's just like it's not readily available content. Uh, if you Google like how do I block someone in game X or game Y and it's kind of hard to find. And I honestly even think this is useful for, for parents too, um, that want their younger kids to get into gaming, but don't want, you know, they're, they're not ready to hear certain things. Um, so that's one that's just like super, super entry level stuff. Even one of my favorite pieces of content is like how to, how to change your name, uh, in Valorant. Like it's surprisingly like hard to do that. Uh, and we just created this really quick guide and it's, it's done really, really well. Um, but, uh, other pieces of content are like career fairs. So, um, or content plus events is like a career fair. Like what are the different opportunities in esports? Um, you know, years ago, like you really, really like probably had to be a pretty good gamer to, to work in the space because the jobs were limited and it was like just a really like tight knit community. Um, but now there's so many jobs in like every possible career path. To, to work in gaming. And uh, I don't think a lot of people realize that. And, and it's not just um, playing or, or in the broadcast world, uh, accounting and, and finance and the sciences. Like we work with a sports psychologist, we work with a nutritionist and a chef. Um, these are all different options to, to still be able to work in esports. And so we want to create content that, that uh, shows, shows off all of those opportunities. The blocking and muting and changing name might seem basic, but I think you're completely right in that when you Google things like that, you are just led down a rabbit hole of actually trying to figure it out. And I was kind of joking about the real life thing, but I actually, I recently decided to get back into running and on my very first run back, I immediately got catcalled. And so if you do come up with a way to do that in real life, I would appreciate it. <laughs> um, yeah. Because in the steel issue, in the yeah. meat world, as we call it in business of esports. <laughs> so that's, yeah, I think that's a really great resource um, for getting started as is the, uh, as is having kind of an open job market or open career path development tools. Uh, Meredith, I'd love to hear from you since you've worked a lot on the live event side, what it was like to build up live events and um, how you said you grew really quickly, which is exciting, but that hopefully means that there was a lot of interest right away and what building that interest yeah. was like. Yeah, it was um, one thing that's been really amazing about women in esports events is that like work there's women here already and like we're growing, but there hasn't really been that many like physical outlets for us to actually meet up and hang out. And like, that's why I think that like live events are so important coinciding with the digital content and like the online tournaments that we're planning on doing. So like the first women's event that I did, um, I didn't even have like a plan for it outside of like, here's free food and free alcohol at a beach house. That would like, a thousand if, percent work though, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, it did. It, it really did. And I was like, Hey, like, we're, it's like, you're an esports professional in the LA area. Like 
come hang out with me because I like I see all these people and the reason why I start like the reason why I got so into a women's esports initiatives is because I see all these cool women and like Heather was one of those women before I met her on Twitter that's so badass and I was like you're in my area and you work in my industry and I have no idea how to access you because I don't work for the same company as you and it's like all these women sprinkled across all these esports orgs where there's like two other women in the office so I was like everyone's probably feeling the same way as me so threw a party in LA two years ago and just like took off from there where like people who were in the esports industry like 10 years older than me were coming up to me with like tears in their eyes being like thank you so much for this opportunity like I've never been to anything like this before like I'm meeting all these amazing women that I've seen on the internet for years and I finally get to like shake their hand and realize that they're just like me and like we all have these same ideas and these same passions and it kind of like hit me right there where I was like this could be something really big if I have the right resources for it and now we have now we have the resources for it so definitely more live events to come but I think it's also really important with live events and content and everything in between that um you really add like a lot of variety to like access as many people as possible because like we're gamers and not every gamer is as social as Heather and me so it's like some maybe they don't want to go to a live event maybe they don't want to have their camera on maybe they don't want to have their mic on and it's kind of like using those resources like making those resources as well to like make sure that everyone's feeling included so were you able to kind of easily translate that during the lockdowns and what kind of growth did you see in that time? I saw a lot of growth during lockdown. Um, so we did, um, and Heather can also attest this cause I know that she did a lot of um, tournaments as well during lockdown, but everyone was on their computers during lockdown. Like it was our main form of entertainment without just being like a veggie watching just TV was gaming and actually like interacting with people on the internet um so we saw a huge spike especially in the valorant space for women and that's why we were able to pull off such a successful tournament um over the summer and it's it wasn't hard to find teams like we found pro teams we found content creator teams and influencer teams and we found amateur teams like it was not hard to find women that wanted to compete at like the highest level ever and like play for a big prize pool during covid so heather i'm sure you have more to add to that yeah, I mean, yeah. oh gosh. This, I was just obviously... going to say really quick oh, sorry. that I yeah, wanted yeah. to point out that this was um, the most watched women's esports event in history with 400,000 plus viewers. So this was your tournament held in June. Yes, yeah, that's the one. So yeah, Mer so Meredith is the first edition of that. Mm -hmm. And so then the viewership just kept growing and growing. And so um, this was just before, a couple weeks before Meredith joined, we put on, this is when we soft launched Radiant. We put on a, uh, women's uh, Valorant tournament in collaboration with Twitch and Verizon and Riot Games and Nerd Street and um, yeah, it's the most watched uh, women's PC gaming event of all time. So that was that was awesome. Uh, over thirty thousand concurrent viewers, four hundred thousand watched hours. It was so cool. It was awesome, and it's just getting bigger and bigger. Uh, I think in like Brazil right now, there's like they've opened it up to one hundred twenty eight women's teams for their uh, women's Valorant tournaments. That's insane. That's awesome. Do do you guys support um stuff like that out of country? Um, not yet. Uh, so okay. we have content creators now in Brazil. Um, so mm -hmm. we have two women creators there. Um, just as a as a starting point to get to know um the community and yeah, it's a region that we're we're certainly interested in as an organization. And so, uh, when gotcha. we do content with those women, um, they actually usually do their content in Portuguese, and we um put subtitles in English. Oh, that's awesome. Um, what was the feedback like for that event? I mean, I know you guys have been able to do like a lot of follow-up events and kind of continue capitalizing off of that. 
so can you just tell me a little bit about what the community had to say? I, I hope yeah. it was all good things. <laughs> it, it, I, it was. Um, you know, we we tried to do some extra things because um, we're like, well, how do we how do we make this different? Because um, yeah, Mary, Mary did an event uh, a year before, and we're like, we don't want to just like copy and paste and do the exact same thing. Um, so we're like, okay, what else can we do? Um, so we did like gift bags for all the participants. Uh, usually you get only get that stuff if you're in person, but uh, we sent t-shirts to all the teams with the their team name on the back. Um, we did uh, pre-event interviews with all the teams. Um, and it's still, you know, it hits me to this day because one, one woman was like, oh, why are you interviewing me? I'm not on one of the, the good teams. That made me so sad. I'm like, you know, I don't want you to feel like you you only get the spot like if you're, you know, one of the top teams. We like you've already taken a big step just by competing. I can't tell you how many uh women I, I see when we announce a tournament, they're like, oh, oh, maybe next time, or you know, if only I had teammates. So you've already taken a big step by just entering the event. Um, so uh we wanted to tell a lot of those stories and I think it was, yeah, very positively received. That sort of reminds me of one of the overarching themes that I've been aiming to cover with this show, which is imposter syndrome and dealing with feeling like you don't belong or don't deserve a spot or your spot would be better if someone else had it or those kinds of things that are associated with women in all kinds of positions. There's a lot of male dominated industries out there. Tech and gaming are some of the big ones. And as someone who's had a foot in both, it's definitely something I've experienced. But if you all have any experience with that, I would love to hear from you of how you kind of got through that or worked to basically assert yourself as in this is a place where I belong and this is a place where I can be. And who knows, maybe it's an ongoing struggle for you, but I would love to hear what your thoughts are on dealing with imposter syndrome as a woman in the gaming industry. Yeah, it's. That's a good question. Um, yeah, when I was first told that I was uh, up for a, I was nominated to be in the Esports Hall of Fame, like, I actually like, ignored the email for the longest time because I was like, no, I, I don't know. This people are going to be upset if I win. Like, I haven't done as much as these other guys. Um, and yeah, I was I was the only no other woman had been inducted yet. And then in my my class 2019 there was no other woman listed too and i'm like ooh, the guys are gonna be mad if i win this um because a lot of the other people that were nominated like are like men that are, like i'm truly fans of too like i was big fans of them as, as players or creators and i'm like oh no this should this shouldn't be me and i ignored it for the longest time and they're like please respond <laughs> like we're really trying to get you this in and finally you know I, i'm like okay you know i'm gonna get over that and in the accepted and, and i'm glad i did um but yeah that that happens uh more often than i'd like to admit where i'm just like ooh, I, I don't want people to be mad if i win this award or if i if i'm selected to be you know like i'll i'll do casting and i actually i even hosted um a tournament um gosh it was two months ago i'm like Ooh, why why are you asking me like i'm not not i'm not a very good host uh you sure you don't want someone else and they said no like we you know we understand your background like we we want to try you in this position and, and again i'm glad i did because now i'm I'm getting more opportunities to do it and these are all things that i want to do but i just keep thinking like 
people will be upset uh, if if I'm picked over someone else. And uh, but I I try to get over that because I do think it's important um, to position myself uh, as a role model and and not turn out down opportunities um, because I I hopefully want other people to to see what I'm doing and and feel inspired by it. Um, okay. So long story short with me, I was a collegiate lacrosse player and an animation major, mostly focusing on, um, video game production. So when I got introduced to esports, it was kind of like perfect combination of like competition, live events, live sports and video games. Um, but I never really identified as a gamer. Um, but at my school, it was like super artsy and really nerdy and hipstery. And, um, I was like always just working with these really passionate people in all of my animation classes who were actual gamers. And I was like, this is just like an amazing community to be a part of. And I'm a part of this community, just not actually gaming. I'm here as support. I'm here as production. I'm here as like the liaison between all these different groups of people that are actually trying to like produce an event that is within the esports world. And so for me, like, I don't think I ever really had a sense of like feeling like an imposter in esports. I kind of, and I feel like a lot of women are starting to realize this as well is that like, I just like know for a fact, like I'm contributing in a really good way and I can only improve the way that I'm contributing. And it's kind of just like one of those things where it's like, I feel like there are so many different types of people that are gamers and content creators and esports executives. And I, I really am passionate about like learning about all their backgrounds and kind of like how they work. Cause I feel like I'm kind of one of those people as a producer that I'm, I'm going to get the best out of my team and everybody that I'm working with. If I actually understand their strong suits and their weaknesses and like embrace those things for them so that they can actually do the best of their abilities. Um, and I think not even in esports, I think like those are just like, good things to have with like liking people and working with people. So for me with like feeling like an imposter, I'm like, I definitely at sometimes need to be better at like asking questions when I don't know certain like gaming terms, or I don't know like certain rules for different games. Um, but for me, I've, it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, well, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to embrace it. And hopefully Heather can tell me what's going on. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's been great, especially like coming from like our company and honestly, so many women in esports, like everyone's just like super nice and like embracing and everyone's like quirkiness. So um, obviously not everyone feels the same way as I do. And there's definitely different tropes. And the reason that we have Radiant is to like embrace as many people as possible and have them feel comfortable and confident in this space. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things where it's just like esports is cool. And like, there's so many different types of people and like, I'm just happy to be a part of the party. <laughs> I will say as someone who, who, uh, regularly is a, is on a show with a bunch of hardcore gamers. Sometimes I actually have the upper hand in reminding them what the rest of the world <laughs> thinks <laughs> and uh -huh. what non hardcore gamers think. So it winds up being that I, I was a little sensitive about it at first until I realized the audience actually appreciated having a different perspective on the things that some of the more hardcore gamers were looking at, which was just fun. It's, it was always fun for me, especially when I would throw in pop culture bits. Absolutely. Not have any idea what I was talking about. Absolutely. And like, that's what, especially with like, within esports, I mean, just entertainment as a whole, like, but like mainly in gaming, like people in esports and gaming, like, like they're super into music. They're super into like clothing. They're really into tech. Like, it's, there's so many different types of like interests that we can tap into. So it's kind of just like finding your, your niche in your community and kind of sticking with it. Yeah. And I think that's good advice for people who maybe feel like they, I, I would imagine that some people feel like they haven't found their niche and that might be where totally. this not belonging comes, but 
it it can be hard to keep going. However, you, you both are indicating that it's also a very good thing to keep going, keep trying. Yeah. So, I know you guys are also looking at doing live events as part of the Radiant platform, not just gaming events, but could you speak a little bit more about what those events are look like and what you're hoping to accomplish with those? Yeah. Um, you know, they they're going to be able to take many different forms. Uh, even yesterday when we did our launch, we did a, a panel on Twitch. We did a um, path to pro uh, career discussion on Twitter spaces. Um, hopefully there's a world where we can go back to physical events. Um, we want to be able to have, you know, presences at, at many of the different um, competitions or um, I don't know things like PAX and um, TwitchCon, all all that. So we we want to be able to do physical events there, whether like meet and greets or even I think it would be fun just to like go to an event like the CS:GO major and just you know buy a bunch of tickets and invite other women to come hang out with us and watch because they might not have anyone else that they can go with and like. I've, you know, I go to events all the time and sometimes I even feel weird. Like, okay, yeah, I, I stayed an extra day at the CSGO major just by myself. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go, but I kind of wish I had someone to watch with. Um, so, uh, I think those kind of like viewing parties, um, would be really fun. Um, like actual career fairs in, in person, like they do the old school style where you kind of walk around and meet with all the different departments is like kind of lame, but at the same time, interesting because you know, we're in Los Angeles here. There's so many universities nearby. And I know a lot of those students would love to come into our facility, be able to ask questions about how they get into the space. Um, and then um, beyond like uh, kind of the, the hardcore competitions, which there's going to be a number of them, like different like co-ed tournaments, I think are super interesting or just like ladies game nights too, uh, where we pair like a lot of our professional women with amateur women as a way just to, I don't know, play games together and have fun. So there's a, a long list of different types of events we want to do. That's awesome. And speaking of kind of the co-ed portion, how do you see uh, men fitting into this? Um, not that, I mean, the whole impetus for creating this podcast was a space for women to be able to chat, but at the same time, men are obviously a big part of the gaming world. <laughs> um, so are you all thinking of developing resources or developing tools men to address some of the behavior in their environment? Are the tools you've created aimed at co-eds in general? Like kind of how do you see that fitting in? And that's a question I'm struggling with just with this brand. So I, I would love to hear what you all are thinking. Oh, that's, that's a, a fantastic question. Um, yeah, right now, uh, all the content on the website, despite being like marketed towards women, it's, it's available to anyone. Um, yesterday when we did our, our Twitter spaces AMA, uh, there were so many people that had questions and I think it was one woman and a ton of men. And that was awesome. Um, we had, uh, a bunch of different, uh, pro players that we know who are all men that were joining and listening to that. Um, and I think the way the Twitter spaces work is like, if you join a Twitter space, like it shows up at the, the top of your Twitter feed. And so the other people can see that. So just the fact that like um, one of the most known Counter-Strike 
players in the world get right was in there and then he all of his audience sees like hey I, this is cool he's supporting this women's initiative i think that just helps um everything that we're doing one of my favorite events we did was um this is dignitas specific not radiant but we paired our men's and our women's csgo team together and did two v2s and when forest uh consider also considered one of the greatest of all time is like going wild because emily had this insane play and forest is streaming it on his stream like it's not to say like i i struggle with the right words but like i i don't want the women to feel like they need that validation from a man but at the same time like it just makes such a difference for all forest fans to say like you know i think their initial reaction is like okay why are you playing with a girl um and then at the end of that stream they're like oh wow she's actually nuts and and he like genuinely appreciates how good she is at the game too. And I think that was just like a really special moment. So, um, yeah, I mean, this isn't, this isn't necessarily a closed off community. Like I know a, a lot of, um, communities like that exists and, and that's great. I think this content is going to be more open to anyone. Um, and we would love the guys to, to be supporting. So like when we do these tournaments, like our, our first, um, women's valorant event was um several of the most popular men casters in the world most popular female casters and then um a few like up-and-coming women as well that are learning to get you know be, to be casters so like pairing all those people together i think really both elevated the broadcast and also just um brought more attention to those women as well via the men who have big audience yeah, I like that, that it's kind of a collaboration. Mm -hmm. Again, I keep, I feel like I keep using that word, but it's because it's, it's pretty True. apt yeah. in describing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The best, the best yeah. way to move that's what forward is when be. everyone's yeah. happy. Yeah, exactly. So. I mean, that's really the goal of like, we don't really want Radiant to exist in a way because, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I spoke with together. that previously, yeah, with, uh, with another person on the Dignitas team, Jen Franklin, who unfortunately couldn't join us, but. And we'll get to that. Meredith, do you have any thoughts on this, on how, on how on how men fit into the picture? Yeah, just kind of to go off what Heather was saying, I think, like, our main goal here is to normalize women in gaming um, and just give them the equal spotlight and opportunities to be as successful as so many amazing male esports uh, gamers and content creators and uh, professionals. Um, so, it, And normalizing women in gaming means it's the norm, which means that half of the population of gamers, which are men, are also nor like are also like normalizing women um so yeah it is it's it's a joint effort and luckily for us we have already so many allies that are supporting already like male allies supporting us um but yeah it's this is a this is a group effort to make esports as a whole um a better uh, community for everyone so it's definitely gonna take everyone we can get regardless of gender so yeah well and going off of that and the whole kind of how do we make it obsolete thing one of mm -hmm. the the news stories that's been popping up in the past year and a half in the world of meat sports, as uh, we we call them sometimes, uh, is there is a a female kicker on Vanderbilt's college team, and when I first saw that news, and this is not to degrade any of her accomplishments because I think it's it's quite it's quite wonderful to actually have women on college football. It's something that I certainly did not think I would have seen ten years ago. And as a former college athlete, it, it makes me very happy to see that kind of that step forward towards parity being achieved. 
but one of the things that sort of disappointed me was just that she was she's simply just the best person for the job. It's it's not about gender. It's not about anything other than straight up ability. Like she's good at kicking. And so she would kind of do her job and do a very normal job of it. And everyone will lose their minds. Like, oh my gosh, look at what she can do. And it's like, well, yeah, she's a kicker. She kicks well. Like, there's not, there's no surprises here. She's just the best person for the job. And so I, I was extremely excited to see her move forward. And she deserves a lot of accolades for getting into an environment that's definitely known for its toxicity. I was also a little irritated at the news coverage as if this was such a novel thing that, oh, women can kick a football. Who knew? And so that kind of, that kind of treatment, I, it's the same thing that you were saying with Forrest's stream. It's like, you almost hesitate to when a, a man flips out about something. You're like, no, no, no. She's just doing exactly what she's supposed to do and be good at. So when we talk about this normalizing question and how we actually mm -hmm. do make resources like Radiant uh, obsolete one day, hopefully mm -hmm. people can just log onto a game and just play cares what your voice sounds like or your gender identity is or mm -hmm. anything like that when not when because I don't know when that's going to happen but what have you seen and changes in the community have you seen that maybe give you hope towards that and what have you seen that maybe doesn't hmm yeah it's um unfortunately I think the same still is in esports where um the headlines are like oh my god there's a women's team that gets paid to play video games can you believe it um but at the same time we might still be that in that same place for men's team as well because i think a lot of the mainstream media is still shocked that people get paid to play video that's games. that's fair but, <laughs> yeah i guess maybe that's yeah but uh, I mean, I, I have the same, too, when I'm playing in a game. I, I guess Emily's a lot better than me. So I think when Forrest went wild, she really did something insane. But like when people like cheer me on for doing something, then I'm like, OK, that wasn't that big of a deal. I'm like, I kind of feel ashamed, <laughs> like, you know, don't go crazy. But uh, I don't know where. Uh, it's hard. I think we're we're still we're still pretty far off again. And maybe that goes to people just being shocked. Um that women even compete still. And again, we have to get, we have to get over that, that barrier. Um, I guess some of the few positives I see um, are like, if you look at Valorant right now, um, I believe in the U S there are 10 paid professional women's teams. Um, that's a lot. Um, that's actually more than the number of paid professional men's <laughs> counter-strike teams i realize i'm comparing like apples to oranges because they're different games and one's not going so well right now and one's going up but um the fact that there's 10 paid yeah still 10 paid professional women's teams in, in the u.s is great um there's handful in europe handful in brazil um in asia um so that shows like a little like positive sign to me that um you know things are starting to normalize a bit uh but i think we're still we're still far off we're still in the stage of like women play video games insane can you believe it <laughs> yeah and i think going off like more like like the professional side of esports um like i mean you can even we can even discuss like our twitter ama yesterday and this is something that radiant's really trying to focus on is like we are so tired 
to only be asked to be on women in gaming panels and yeah. getting the woman's perspective. It's like, just put women on a panel and call it an esports panel. That's literally what, like, we're just esports people. That's it. Um, so yesterday for our AMA, we had, it was mostly women, but then we also had, um, one of our galaxy partners, Rishi from Twitter gaming, um, joining us as well. And the title of the AMA was strictly starting, 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 starting an esports business or um, starting as a professional in esports. And we had people with professional backgrounds, content creators, um, competitive gamers, um, and everything in between. It was a wide variety of us just discussing how we got our start in esports and what we're doing now and what our plans are for our professional futures. And we had probably like a pretty good 50, 50 mix of men and women listening to us, which was amazing. And I think the reason why we were able to get so many people and especially so many men in to listen is because it wasn't a gendered, this is a woman's panel and how to become a woman in esports. This was literally just, if you want to get into esports, here's a variety of amazing professionals with insane backgrounds. And we're going to talk about how we got our foot in the door. And I think that's why we got such high engagement because it was literally just targeted for anyone that was interested and wanted to listen. And we got so many women that were already following the radiant account. And we got a lot of men involved too, that want to just hear about eight badasses stories on how they actually got their start. So I think it's like from a professional standpoint, it's just don't ask for our opinion as a woman's opinion. Just ask for our opinion because we have six and 20 plus years of experience in esports, And that's all that really should be mattering, you know? Yeah. I, I really love that point. Um, and I, of intentions, but wind up with poor results when gender is the thing that makes you an expert and not your expertise. Uh, so hopefully that's something that people listening can kind of take away if you're running events, because I would love to see more of that. And I also don't think it's weird to have an all women panel. I mean, how many all men panels have existed? It can be an all women panel without being a yeah. women's panel. Absolutely can be. <laughs> so that's one. Yeah. When we talk about normalizing, that's something that I absolutely think is true. You can talk to experts because they're experts, not because exactly. And uh, going back to college sports for a second, one of the things that drove me nuts when I was a college basketball player was watching the sweet or watching the March Madness on TV, and it would always say college basketball and women's college basketball oh, were yeah. like the titles. It's like, yeah, well, if you if they had men's and women's, it would be fine, you know. Yeah, that, that's fine because that tells you the difference. But yep. they're either both college basketball or they both have genders because yep. it didn't make any yep. sense to me. So that yep. those kinds of things, it's so funny how you don't realize how that winds up ingraining in yeah. your own mm -hmm. thoughts and your own. Yep. And that's why we have things like imposter syndrome because. I was automatically told that the college basketball I was playing was different than college basketball. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's just like very frustrating. So I think you're absolutely right when it comes to how we actually like the, the nomenclature and the, the syntax that we use to describe these things is so important. Um, and I want to, so quickly just summarize what we've talked about because I, at the end of every episode, I like to give kind of a brief overview. Um, you all launched radiant. It's an awesome hub online, lots of tools, lots of resources to try to help women become more influential in the space, become more of the face of gaming influencers. Um, when it comes to things like imposter syndrome, some people experience it, some people don't. The important thing is to kind of push out of your comfort zone, to put yourself in the right environments to keep going. And when it comes to achieving parity, the best thing we can do is just normalize women in gaming because they're just gamers. They're not. <laughs> 
been gamers at the end of the day. And as our final little segment, the one thing that I like to do is a moment of reflection from you all as people who have been in the industry. And so my final question is, what is one thing you would like to tell your younger self about getting into the gaming industry and being successful? That's a great question. Um... Yeah, I, I I listened to too many other people's opinions and not my own heart um, a lot of the times. And it took me a long, long time to get my career off the ground. Um, and yeah, I think uh, I was very, very ashamed of being involved in, in gaming. I played uh, a lot of sports too, like both of you growing up. and. I was always an athlete and never thought I'd be a, a digital gaming <laughs> esports athlete. Um, and uh, I, I was, ash yeah, and shame, ashamed to embrace it. But uh, yeah, uh, if only I knew how cool gaming uh, would end up to, to be, uh, I think I would have gotten my career off the ground a, a lot faster. I think for me... I wish I was more vocal about being the only woman in the room when I first started. I think I was a little nervous. So I think like the advice to my younger self would probably be like value your own opinion like immediately and kind of like really trust your gut with your own decisions because you're coming from a completely different place and maybe your employees are coming and they're coming from different places as you. So I think like valuing your own opinion as well as like the opinions of others and like what they're coming, what they're contributing to an office space. Um, and what else? I feel like this is ridiculous, but always ask for more money when you're negotiating, like, like, I, like not even just esports. But esports works like we're, this is a multi like billion dollar industry at this point. Like, ask for more money. Like, know your value and like know what you're contributing. I, that's just not advice for women. That's advice for everybody. But like, especially if like you think that you are going to bring an obscene amount of value to any company, that's what I would tell my younger self. I would, yeah. I think really value your opinion and know your know your worth, your vocal worth and your financial worth. I think those are great notes to end on. Uh, where can people find you and where can people interact with Radiant? All right. My my social media is Sapphire GG, so S-A-P-P-H-I-R-E-G-G -G, on Twitter. Um, probably check that the most. My DMs are open if you want to connect. Um, I guess also on LinkedIn, Heather Garozo. And uh, for Radiant, we are Radiant. GG and that's R-A-I-D-I-A-N-T. We've got a unique way. We're going to put some content out about why we spell it that way. Um, on most platforms except YouTube, we are able to get that sweet, sweet, just radiant. <laughs> um, and yeah, you can find me. Uh, all my handles are Meredith Weber with an underscore at the end. I'm not as fancy as Heather, but. <laughs> Thank you all so much for joining me today. I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Lindsay. Thanks so much for having us.